This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. The Canadian dollar is lower with the loonie at 79.37 U.S. cents compared to Thursday's close of 79.57. Reports point to a growing number of projections putting total corn production in Brazil at under 90 million tons. Drought and frost have ravaged the country's second corn crop. Earlier expectations had been for the first and second corn crops to produce upwards to 109 million tons. The United States Department of Agriculture reports a private sale of 100,000 tons of soybeans to Mexico. The U.S. Drought Monitor indicates that 54% of the country is in drought. That's an improvement of one point from last week. Rounding off prices at the Chicago Board of Trade, the soybean futures are lower on Friday. The November contract is down 7.5 cents at 13.55 per bushel. August soy oil is up more than a quarter cent at 65.27 U.S. cents per pound. August soy meal drops back $4 at 3.59.20 per short ton. Corn futures are lower as well on Friday. The September contract loses six cents at 5.58.5 per bushel. Chicago oats are higher with the September contract rising 7.5 cents at 4.62. Wheat futures are mixed on Friday. Chicago September nudges up three cents at six ninety-five. Kansas City September is up a nickel at six fifty-nine, and Minneapolis September dips a half cent at nine oh three and a half. That's a look at the ice futures and the Chicago markets for Friday morning, July twenty-third. For Markets Farm in Winnipeg, I'm Glenn Halleck. The demands and long days of the harvest season are ahead. So now's the time to get the equipment you need to work more productively and harvest more savings too. Visit Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John during New Holland Harvest Days for more ways to work your best and save. You'll find great deals on select New Holland tractors, hay tools, and harvesting equipment, including 0% financing and cash back. Stop by Butler Farm Equipment in Fort St. John today for details. But hurry, harvest days end September 30th, 2021. The opinions expressed during this show do not represent those of this station. If you've missed any of this show, you can follow the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Now, an in-depth look at the news and information shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig, on Moose FM. Welcome to the program. Later, we'll be talking with Greg Bruce with the BC Ministry of Transportation about this new technical advisory group that the ministry is forming to discuss solutions for the aging Taylor Bridge and what that means for moving this long process forward. But first, there are 70 job openings at the Fort St. John Hospital, 150 or so in Northern Health in general, and the shifts that these openings would be filling are either being covered or are being covered somehow, I should say. So to discuss a bit about these openings and the chronic nursing shortage in the piece and the impact it is having on nurses currently working at the hospital, we're joined now by Danette Thompson, the Regional Council Member for the Northeast Region in the BC Nurses Union. Danette, welcome to Moose Talks. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm very grateful you took some time away from your vacation in the Shushwap to talk to us today. So uh, a second thank you to you. 
absolutely. The issues are critical, and I do believe that uh, our nurses' stories need to be told. So thanks for having us. You're very welcome. Well, as I said, um, uh, on top of the uh, 70 openings, we've heard that the uh, Fort St. John Hospital ICU has been closed since June of last year. That just came out recently. Uh, we, we hadn't heard that before. Um, and uh, I, I want to... F- Start with this, because we were discussing just how many openings this is in relation to how many nurses work at the hospital. Do you know about how many nurses are working at the Fort St. John Hospital right now? Oh, I should have that information, and I don't. I apologize. But I, uh, their shortage is is very large. Mm-hmm. And um, But uh, not just the hospital. I, I Also in uh, Peace Villa as well. They are really short nurses there as well. And nurses are being forced to do double shifts and, and you know, cover for each other. And uh, it, we are at a critical state in the north. Do you have um, a sense of kind of what the average is for nurses, like how much time they're actually working, how much extra stuff they're, they're doing right now on top of their, um, uh, their regular shifts? I think everyone is doing what they can. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really depends. It varies. Many of our members you know, can't take short call. They need daycare and things like that lined up for their families. But everybody is pitching in to do what they can. The problem is their shifts are being worked at such um, high, high stress levels mm-hmm. that it, it's like working with great amounts of anxiety all the time and it is burning out our members so we're in this perpetual cycle of nurses leaving the north because of the working conditions that they are working in are these shifts are are how do you have a sense of how many of these uh, shifts are minimal minimally staffed as a result like it's not just that they're working more um they're working they're overextended during the shift itself because there's the minimum number of nurses required for the shift kind of work right yeah, I would say most shifts in the north. Recently, what I'm hearing from our members is they're working short more than they're not working short. And uh, so, yeah, just to cover baseline. And also, the acuity of our patients is really, you know, increased. And as well as the capacity, like overcapacity has been a real issue for our Fort St. John Hospital, as well at UHMBC and Dawson Creek, actually, as well. Mm-hmm. I want to bring that up because, of course, we've also been hearing lately a lot of diversions out of the Chetwin Hospital. Um, that happened a lot while I was living there. It's happened a lot since then. But recently, uh, it's been uh, even more than normal. I mean, that's pressure that's just being shifted from one place to another that's already short-staffed, essentially, correct? Yes, Chetwin is very much short-staffed. Um, it's We've been raising that flag for approximately three years. It it was fully staffed, and nurses were leaving because of working conditions there. They are on diversion. My messenger, my phone, my text has been going off steady. Their nurses are so concerned. The hospital has several times been staffed just by two LPNs and their patients are being moved to Dawson Creek. But I'm sure you saw now that Dawson Creek has 10 days with no doctor in the ER. Mm -hmm. And so to add that stress on those nurses there who are, again, already working short is super concerning. Uh, I am so concerned for our our people in the north. We deserve better care, and it's time the government and, and the health authority did something to help. 
I'll be honest, that one was uh, really interesting because we uh, reached out and uh, weren't able to get much information about that situation unfolding there. Do you have a sense of what um, nurses additionally would have to do when the doctor is only appearing virtually? I, I guess essentially all the physical labor has to be conducted by nurses if the doctor is appearing via video. Yes, absolutely. And uh, um, the emergency department is is exactly that. For many patients, it's an emergency. So if I'm the patient coming in on a stretcher having a heart attack, I want to know that all hands are on deck. We have all our families are relying on the healthcare system in the north. And, and I just want people to recognize that I truly believe it's in a critical state. Uh, we're talking to Danette Thompson with the BC Nurses Union here on Moose Talks. Um, I want to talk about the mental health of nurses for a few minutes. Um, this is all happening. Uh, we've been dealing with the COVID pandemic for some time now. Uh, this shortage has, has kind of existed as long as I can remember in general. What's, this, what's the impact been on uh, the conditions, the working conditions for nurses, their home lives? Can what can you say about that? Uh, it's heartbreaking. I can tell you that their stories are absolutely heart-wrenching. Our nurses are struggling with the things they see. They're going home. They're picturing the patients that are reaching out that they can't help. We have uh, many off on, with PTSD and some um, things that they've seen, not just throughout COVID, but that they're being faced with because of the working conditions and the shortages. The union has actually just um, started some mental health resources for our own, but the government and this health authority really need to support our members. They came to the plate for, and we're so happy for our paramedics, but they need to do the same. This needs to be taken seriously. Do you have a sense of kind of what the the rate of burnout is like how many people are choosing to leave after you know not even you know several years in the in the business because it's just it's too much they they want to earn money in overtime and that's all right but it's just too far and and too much for them to handle do you do you you have an idea of how many people are leaving yeah i believe it's around eight percent of our membership and just regionally i can tell you um, myself and my two uh, full-time Stuart colleagues, there isn't a day that goes by where a nurse doesn't reach out to one of us about porting their seniority. How do they? How can they go to another health authority? So, those are really, really scary statistics. When, um, you know, I want to beg them not to leave because I know that will leave their colleagues more desperate. But mm-hmm. um, the burnout rate is is super high. There's a study that's just been done by the Canadian Nurses Federation and. It shows that that nurses are looking at exiting, and not just exiting northern BC, exiting the profession. Do you know what kind of an impact this is having on students? May they're uh, graduating high school, they're considering what's next for them. They think nursing is a good option, but then they see this happening. There's job openings everywhere. Everyone is talking about how much they're working and and kind of how their home life is suffering. Uh, have, have you a sense of of how much more difficult it is to recruit people to this profession because of the working conditions. There have been many seats go empty. This year, ironically, at the end of COVID, we had more applications, is what I've been told, than we actually had nursing seats. So I would have liked to have seen those seats actually 
you know, increase to get as many people in the program as possible, as quick as possible. It takes four years to create a nurse. This is not a short-term fix. We need to, to really look at the education opportunities, but I think it is really impacting. I know myself, I have this beautiful little granddaughter who's so caring and loving, and, and I think one day she will be a nurse. And, um, she is fascinated by wounds and things that mm-hmm. are weird that nurses do. But I'm honestly, this needs to be, I, I, at the current state, I would never want her to practice as a nurse. And I think we need to change that. Um, the other issue that has really impacted our, our young people and not wanting to come in is violence and no, and knowing, you know, nurses hearing those stories from our members as well. So I think we need to do some work as a province to make this something that that our young people are willing to come to and wanting to come to is this a problem elsewhere or is 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 the north really suffering more because you hear maybe maybe we're so far north people just don't want to come here for whatever reason is that something you're hearing and and see as as a uh, contributing factor to the shortage there is a, a worldwide, or we're entering a worldwide nursing shortage currently. Mm-hmm. And by 2019, BC, or, sorry, 2029, mm-hmm. uh, BC will need 23,000 nurses. That wow. will be the shortage. So it's not just the North, but we were so short in 2017 when Val Ringer did her Auditor General's report. The shortage she spoke of then was about 20% in rural BC. And I would think that those numbers have gone up since that report. You've touched on this already, but what do you think um, the BC government and Northern Health need to be doing to ameliorate this situation, even in the short term, if they can? I believe that Northern residents deserve the same quality of care as any BC resident. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that we need to have a direct look, a direct direct funding. We need to create some overhire lines, some mentorship lines. We have a very young workforce in the north. They're either over, you know, getting ready to retire and anybody who can retire is retiring. But we also have a very young workforce who needs to be supported. And I really would like to see the government step up and have a health human resource plan and and address how we're going to care for for our patients going forward, we are just hitting the gray tsunami and we have no room. I hear of nurses, well, they call crying. They have 40, 47 patients in a senior's home and, and 60 some at night shift on their own. Like to me, I don't know what anybody would think that was acceptable. Those are unacceptable levels of patient care and British Columbians deserve better. And I think all of us need to call on the government to make a change now into the best in nurses. What is an acceptable level of uh, a number of patients to have just as a sort of a comparison? Oh, Danette, can you still hear me there? Oh, it looks like uh, we may have lost her. Uh, that's a shame. While we were speaking to Danette Thompson, with the uh, uh, re- she's the regional council member for the northeast region of the BC Nurses Union. If she's still listening, we thank you for your time. Well, we're going to move on. We're going to talk to Greg Bruce with the BC Ministry of Transportation right after this on Moose Talks. Nothing worse than hearing part of a conversation. I said... 
put the project on. If the cell service at camp or in the field sounds like an old movie that cuts in and out, then Petron can clear it up today. With a cell booster, your calls will be clear of... Pardon? What did you say? Huh? And... Can you hear me now? A booster in your facility will give you a clear, concise conversation that can't be misinterpreted. Call today and we'll clear up your call right away. Petron Communications, a clear choice for the North since 1978. 30 equipment vehicles, RVs, ATVs, trailers, shop tools. Rhythm Auctions is now accepting equipment into their yard Monday to Saturday for their August 28th auction at their Mile 54 location behind the Chevron store on the Alaska Highway. Their unreserved consignment auction sale on Saturday, August 28th starts at 9 a.m. List your equipment now to get in on early advertising to ensure a better price. The unreserved consignment auction sale at Mile 54, Saturday, August 28th. To list your equipment, call 25 or visit rhythmauctions.com. Are you looking for the right individual to fill your job openings? Become an exhibitor at the Fort St. John Job Fair, September 29th at the Palmery Hotel and Conference Center. This is an opportunity for you to meet talented local people for your company. To become an exhibitor, visit fsjjobfair.ca or call 250-787-7100. The Fort St. John Job Fair, September 29th at the Palmery Hotel and Conference Center. Learn more about our COVID-19 safety plan by visiting our website. Presented by WorkBC and Moose FM. Everyone struggles with computers. New shortcuts, plug-and-play devices that don't play when you plug them, and more. Sit back and learn some stupid computer tricks with Vern from Computer Emporium across from the Northern Grand Hotel on 100th Avenue in Fort St. John. When you need to search for something online, do you go to the browser bar and type in google.com, wait for it to load, and then type in your search into the Google page? There is a faster way. Start by typing your request directly into the web browser address bar, just as you would in a Google search. Most browser address bars today automatically double as an online search bar. You can even set which search engine you want your browser to use, such as Google, Bing, Yahoo, and so on, in the preferences section of your web browser. So next time you want to search for something on the internet, just type your question where you normally would type google.com, the address bar, and press enter. Stupid Computer Tricks with Vern from Computer Emporium. Helping you use computers more efficiently is heard Monday to Saturday on Moose FM. Hi, Vern here from Computer Emporium. Ink, toner, printers, laptops, gaming parts, and accessories. We have what you need when you need it. Put us to the challenge and we will deliver. See the advantage of shopping at Computer Emporium, helping you use computers more efficiently. Aprons, pillows, quilts, sweaters. The Sew It Yourself shop has all kinds of fabrics and all kinds of patterns for whatever it is you're sewing. Plus all the craft accessories you'll ever need. The Sew It Yourself shop in the Jones subdivision on Facebook and at SewItYourselfShop.com. Watch this show live on Facebook or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to the show. I'm Dub Craig. Now, a hot topic or something that's always a hot topic around here the Taylor Bridge. The province announced last week that they're creating a technical advisory committee to discuss long-term solutions for the now ancient Taylor Bridge. Uh, what the goal is of this group and uh, uh, and what it's all about, uh, we're now going to discuss with Greg Bruce, the project delivery or who is the manager of project delivery with the Northern Region with the BC Ministry of Transportation. Greg joins us from Prince George. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Doug. 
Thank you very much for joining us today. So as I said, the province announced this technical advisory group or committee. Um, can you tell us a bit about what the goal of this group is and, and sort of what step it is in the process towards hopefully eventually uh, replacing the Taylor Bridge? Oh, yeah, you bet. So the, the technical advisory committee is is going to help us inform local user needs. So we're, we're, we're really looking to bring together a group of uh, representatives from the communities, from industry, from uh, utilities across the board, the users of the bridge. Um, we're, we're, we've got a number of different things running at the same time, Dub. So you've probably noticed some activity out on the bridge. We've had a... a mm-hmm. Detailed bridge inspection that's uh, giving us, you know, extensive information around the viability of the structure that's there. So it's a safe, reliable structure. I know there's a lot of maintenance and, and reliability issues with it right now, and that's that's certainly something that we understand. But um, it's it's safe for the for the um, the needed purpose. What we're doing is taking a look at the viability of it for the future, and and that's. Um, you know, part of the process, Dub. So we need to take a look at each option and and explore it and run it to ground to make sure what the best uh, what the best option is moving forward. That tactical advisory group will help us inform what those local needs are and and, and help inform our design and, and uh, options as we move forward. It's separate from a public consultation process, which will will actually be open to everyone to to give us feedback and and. Um, what we're looking from the technical group is, is is group representation that understand what the local needs are. And I would say the two run kind of concurrently with the process that we're doing. So I talked about a detailed bridge inspection that we've mm-hmm. just completed. Uh, right now, if you went through the, the project site, you'd see that we're drilling there as well right now. So um, work around the investigation, it's not... It, they're, they're two separate things, the consultation and, and the field work itself. I see. They're kind of happening at the I same see. time. Um, <clears throat> do you have a Correct. timeline on sort of when this group is supposed to, say, present their findings, I assume, in some sort of a report or something, findings, or present their, their, their points on what they would like to see? Do you have a timeline on that? So the, the project as a whole, you're speaking to them? Well, I speak just yeah. specifically so of, the, of the group. I'm sorry. Uh, just specifically of this group when they, what kind of when they're supposed to tell uh, whoever it is they're supposed to tell, I suppose, what what their discussions were and what they came up with. Right, yeah. So the technical advisory group is expected to be to be over the course of the, the fall and winter months. Okay. And... Um, Public consultation will actually run concurrent at the same time. Okay, so we're 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 likely going to see public consultation uh, if it isn't already open up soon, and then it'll happen at the same time. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, there's been some consultation on this before, as I understand. It was probably different in nature. I, I just have to ask this, and, and it's a political question, so I don't know if you can answer this. But, for example, Peace River South MLA Mike Bernier expressed confusion over why we need this group. He says, I mean, we all know we need the bridge now. Why is this? I guess my question for you is, why is this part of the process integral to us moving forward in it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So 
when it, when it's a project of this scale, we, you know, we're, we're good at what we do. We're good at planning, and I, or at least I believe we are. And um, <clears throat> we typically have a, um, the community needs pretty well captured. Mm-hmm. A project that's this important, that's this scale of, of project, we go to a wider consultation model in order to make sure that we're getting it right. And this is a really, really critical piece of infrastructure for the for the region and to not take that step would be would be a real mistake dub i I believe um you know it it, there's there's community knowledge that that even a technical team may not be aware of so Mm -hmm. as we move forward we can share the invest you know some of the some of the detail that we've discovered with with the panel and and there is very likely going to be some information coming out of that group that helps steer our direction as well. Okay. What's next after this? So this, it ideally kind of gets completed by next spring ish. What's kind of the next step in the process? Uh, What happens next that gets us closer to the government? You know, may the premier coming down here, standing next to the bridge, doing the big, here's what we're giving money for that sort of thing. What, what happens next in the meantime? Yeah, we've got quite a bit of work. So stru- structures like the Taylor Bridge are, are a really, really significant project. They they take, uh, you know, four to six years is kind of a, a, a rough guideline for a project of this size to take it from from where we are today to, to actual, you know, construction or maybe even completion. Okay. And there is, a, particularly in the piece, it's, it's really, really um, challenging ground. I think everybody that I talk to understands that – the geotechnical challenges in the piece that canyon in particular enhances it. So I would say that we're going to be a couple of years. Like I said, the the um, the consultation process and and it's not just the bridge user group and and the public consultation. We're also doing First Nations consultation as well and making mm-hmm. sure that that uh, we incorporate their needs. And um, you know, I, I'm expecting a couple of years of investigation for us to take it to the place where we've got a concept. Okay. Beyond that, yeah. you're, you're correct. I think beyond that, it's going to be work for elected officials. It, that's that's not my role to predict. Absolutely. <laughs> so when it's politically expedient, we'll hear the, the check announcement sort of eventually. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Greg, yeah. I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to tell us about this and uh, shed some light on this process that uh, seems like has been going on for some time, but uh, you kind of gave us a window here, four to six years. That's something. <laughs> so thank you very much, Greg. I appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I think I'd cap it off with I'm just really, really excited. We've done advanced work. We, the, the consultation that you talked about, it's more presentation-based, you know, mm-hmm. to chambers, things like that. This opportunity to get out and do this work in the field is really significant. Excellent. Well, thank you again for joining us on Moose Talks today, Greg. Great. Thanks for having me. You're Have welcome. a great day. That's uh, Greg Bruce, the manager of project delivery with the Northern Region and the BC Ministry of Transportation. We'll be right back to wrap things up here on Moose Talks right after this. Get the equipment and trucks you need at Ritchie Brothers' next Grand Prairie Auction, July 28th and 29th. This will be an online-only auction, but on-site inspection is available. Inspect and bid on hundreds of items, including a wide selection of farm equipment, construction equipment, truck tractors, 
trailers, pickups, and much more. Don't miss Ritchie Brothers Grand Prairie Auction, July 28th and 29th. Register free and bid online. For details, visit rbauction.com. Mom, this new iPad is so much faster than my old one. Oh, is that right? Totally. I told you I needed a new one. Plus, the screen was all cracked. Thanks, Mom. You bought her a new iPad? No, I got the screen fixed at Micro Consulting. She just thinks it's new. Ah, well played, Mom. Up top. With Micro Consulting, you don't need to get a new iPad every time the screen cracks. It's much cheaper to come to Micro and get it fixed properly. Micro Consulting Sales and Service, keeping you connected on 100th Street and on Facebook. If you're looking for hassle-free internet services, call the Peace Region Internet Society today. With coverage throughout most of the Peace, PRIS can get you connected quickly without the hassle of contracts or bundles. Visit PRIS.ca or call 1-800-768-3311 for more information. Our community first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. We want to thank our guests, Danette Thompson and Greg Bruce, for joining us today. EnergeticCity.ca and the Fort St. John Co-op want to recognize people in our community working to make it better with the Co-op Community Champion. At the end of each month, we'll choose one Co-op Community Champion and we'll write a profile about them at EnergeticCity.ca and we'll throw in a $100 gift card to the Fort St. John Co-op as a little way of uh, thanking them for their tireless efforts. We want you to help us with this, though, so you can nominate that person you know who's working to make the community a better place today at energeticcity.ca slash co-op. That's it for this episode of the show. Moose Talks is produced by Adam Rayburn and Trey Lopashinsky. I'm Dub Craig. Be well. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Knappen Industries and the Fort St. John Co-op are proud to present Movie in the Park. Get out those folding chairs and blankets and join us at Centennial Park on July 23rd at 7 p.m. to see Paddington 2. Grab some popcorn at the event from the Northern Dance Theater Society and watch Paddington take up a job to save up enough money to buy the perfect gift for his aunt on her 100th birthday. When a thief steals it, Paddington must embark on an epic quest to get the gift back and bring the thief to justice all before his Aunt Lucy's birthday party. Zantique shop. Hold it right there. Oh, but I'm not the thief. Mysterious things have been happening all over town. No registration is required. Just come and join us for the movie July 23rd at 7 p.m. at Centennial Park. Movie in the Park is brought to you by Home Hardware, Burger King, Backcountry, Rips Shoe Renew, Butler Farm Equipment, C&B Trailer Sales and Rentals, Rhythm Auction, Tourmaline, and LP Peace Valley OSB. This is Moose Country. This is Moose Country. 100.1 Moose FM. It's like the sun went down just to frame your face. Like they played that song just to see you sway. Like that old surf shop had you in mind. With what you got on, making those tan lines. It's like the ocean knows we're laying on this beach tonight. It's like the sand's been waiting for you to come alive. Cause you were for summer just like these stars we're under were made for lighting this July 
to put on your tight jeans hard waiting for more energetic country easy 100.1 moose fm Look at 
says many years ago pirates would sail the peace river plundering fort st john for endless riches led by captain moosebeard they buried treasure all around the peace region but over the years and a couple late nights with the rum bottle some of the treasure was misplaced However, some of the loot remains hidden to this day, waiting for the next great treasure hunters to decipher a madman's ramblings. Grab your maps and dust off your compass. The Dairy Queen treasure hunt is back. Tune in to 100.1 Moose FM on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings, and we'll give you some clues so that you can win some sweet prizes, like a $1,500 gift card to Brad's Furniture or a prize pack from Windsor Plywood. To get the clues before anyone else, visit moosefm.ca slash contests. The annual Dairy Queen Treasure Hunt, brought to you by Windsor Plywood, FSJ Return It, Wendy's, Brad's Furniture, Micro Consulting, Veronica's Closet, and Moose FM. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.